This episode of The Ajima Show is sponsored by Nobody. In lieu of traditional capitalist advertising, we are demanding you support black businesses. In addition, we will be inserting 20-second moments of silence during the show's breaks. Use this time to listen to black voices and end systemic racism and oppression. Enjoy the show. Like for real, For real, What the fuck? You know what's going on. I mean, it's the last time we checked in was a week ago. A week ago. Aside from, of course, the live show, but shit has turned the fuck up in a week. And Unji and I were going back and forth about like, do we do the show? Do we not do the show? Do we take a pause? There's so many things going on and there's so many more important things to do than a fucking podcast right now. And that's for sure. But yes, we talked it through and we realized that we have to say something. And if you're listening right now, there is no, I, I don't know if you're, maybe this is your first time listening or like you just don't understand, but we are for black lives. Yeah. This podcast, yes, let, let us be absolutely clear. Unequivocal. Unequivocal. Don't even ask. <laughs> don't even say, but white lives, no. don't, don't start that shit. If you're listening to this, you could eat, you know what? Yes. <laughs> For the podcast listeners, Unji and I are raising our heads. Yes. To- <laughs> Don't ever get it twisted where we stand. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to say that up top. We are going to do a show, but it's going to be a little different. The week's somber. Okay. But we're going to go into it because I understand people turn to entertainment and turn to us for a little respite. But if you've been listening to our show, you know what our show's like, okay? So get into it. And also, if you have been trying to hide out yeah, and haven't been engaging, I'm sorry, but this is going to be your little portion of engagement. It's, it's a wake-up call, yeah. hon, all right? If you're a Korean or a Fock and you're listening to our show and you've been silent, yeah. quiet, now's the time, yeah. all right? Listen to this review by Kathy Lack. She says, hilarious. Wait, wait. <laughs> This is, Wait, who's Kathy so, Yeah, you know her? No. Then what do you mean? What are you talking about? Why'd you say it like this was your best friend? Is it? Okay. Lack. Kathy Lack, what she doesn't lack is honesty. Okay. She says hilarious. Hilarious yet brutally honest POV from a couple of comedians next door. Dodge must touch on tough topics like race, politics, gender, status. All the while keeping it real. Mm. Thank you, Kathy Lack. Appreciate your review. That review couldn't come at a at a better time because we are going through a, a nationwide, almost if not global wide, revolution right now, and that's important to us as queer comedians. I we have to it's acknowledge started, that without sort of pride too, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Without without the black struggle, you and I, two loud, queer, Korean ass comics <laughs> could not do this. OK, no. And I'm just going to put that out there so that everybody knows where we're coming from. It's true. I mean, I, I like did a little like I like there's like a bunch of have you ever seen this? Um, There's like a whole slew of Netflix documentaries about like 
old timey Hollywood gays that couldn't be gay. No. Yeah. Hey, send that to me. Yeah. There's like a whole. There's like a, like three or four of them. Like one of them is like a. Um, I forget his fucking name now, but it's like Taylor like, Dunn or like something like Buck Rogers yeah, Buck or Rue yeah, yeah, or something like that. And that's like what his thing was. And it was like mm-hmm. a very famous MGM player and like very classic blonde hair yeah. and. Tab oh, Hunter. Oh no, Rock Hudson. Rock Tab Hudson. Hunter. His name. Tab Hunter. Like, that's, Come that's on. That's gay. That's gay. That's gay. Yeah. That's gay as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Tab is your name, bitch. I mean, just for Tabitha Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a Miss Tabitha. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I usually try. I like do a little. I like to go. I, I like these. Like one, I like old Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And like the type of queen that is often interviewed is like it's like a dying breed. Yeah, you know they just absolutely. like it's just not some. It's they're just older. You know, it's like an older vibe. Um, yeah, like Tom Cruise and um, John Travolta are the last of them. Yeah, you know? <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Don't su- don't sue us, Travolta yes. fam. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Kelly Preston, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Church of Scientology. What's the guy's name? Yeah. What's his name? Uh, uh, Matt Miscavige. Yeah, David Mis- Miscavige. Mischievous. Mischievous. Yeah. yeah. Mischievous. That's right. <laughs> um, but like, the, I, I watched a couple of them. And so, but last night, so I was going through it and then I got net recommended this thing called um, Circus of Books. Mm. And it's a, it used to be a pretty popular, very famous um gay porn store in West Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there was one in Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. And it's about the family. Yeah. And there's the, stri- the people who ran it. Yes. Yeah. And they're, straight- and they're just like a mom and pop. Yes. Mm-hmm. And their son is gay. And like, it's like this whole, it was, a, you know what? It was just like awesome to see. I, I love that era of like gay men. And gay culture. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? When, like, when, it, when it wasn't loud. Yeah. <laughs> when it was a secret. <laughs> no, it was loud. It was no, no, loud. no. It's like 70s, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, like a very loud. specific type, you know? And it was yes, always still very yeah. gay. And all it's these, very gay. Yeah. It's almost the gayest time of gay history yes. is the 70s, truly. <laughs> but America was also pretty gay. Like everything. Oh, yeah. Free love yes. and anti-war. Yeah, it very much feels like now. Yes. Yeah, it feels like we've cycled back to that era. I mean, even in terms of the divide, like sort of mm-hmm. people that are willing and progressive people that are seeing the future, willing yeah. to push that boundary and yep. also are like unafraid to. I mean, so much of being progressive means that you have to say that a version of your thought or a version of you was wrong like a year ago. 100%. You have to, it, it, even as a POC, even as a gay. Yes. <laughs> especially as POC, especially as a gay, you have to be way more. Wait, um, it's only in June that you're a gay. The rest okay. of the year, you're gay. You're, you're, you are gay? Yes. In June, June 1 to June 30? You're a okay. gay. Yes. You are one. <laughs> Happy Pride, everyone. Uh, (laughs) It is. I I feel weird about uh, 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 celebrating Pride when our black neighbors and black friends are still fucking fighting for civil rights, for human rights. You know, like what does absolute taking a shot of absolute vodka and dancing? That seems stupid. 
right now. Well, I mean, there's a version of that would that would have been happening now Regardless. instead of pandemic anyway. Well, sure, sure, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the thing. It's like, like that sort of. I think that part of that is the reason, like the pandemic, because mm. there's no version of ourselves from eight weeks ago that resonates anymore. So it's easier, right. I think, for people to even. Um, wrestle with sort of like the implicit biases and racism that's right. internal to them. I think it's mm-hmm. easier because there's no, there's not a version of themselves they're holding on to. They can't. All of us it's are have been rested. It's reset. Been- <laughs> yeah, our existence has been eviscerated, as we know, and we've all blank slated. And I think that's why this revolution is firing up so fast because none of us have like an audition to go to or like there's nothing else that we are thinking about besides fuck this everything sucks the government sucks they're not for us clearly it's the rich against the poor and these racist white motherfuckers are out on the streets with bats so something's got to give the it's come to a a fucking boiling point there's there's no status quo to uphold there's nothing left. There's, there's, I mean, there's no stat. There's nothing. No version of the way things used to be exists. Yeah. So there's nothing to. There's no um, societal, social construct, um, any sort of pillar of society that you're trying to keep up. Right? It's just all this shit was crumbling. We all were. At, somebody's just coming in with a broom. Yeah, just a big old like sweep mop. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like a janitor yes. just sweeping everything away. Yeah, I mean that's. I love of, it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. I am. I've we've been screaming about it for four years. Yeah. Like we've been asking for a revolution, and here we are, dead in the center of it. And as scary as it is, and I know people are feeling anxious out there. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling anxious, worried. Yeah. You have a child, you have a home, you know, I I have a white boyfriend and that's a whole different thing I feel about. Like every day I wake up and I look at his, you know, angelic face. I'm like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm only half joking when I say that, you know, like there's a part of me that's going like, you've benefited from this. You've benefited so fucking hard. Yeah, I know it's hard. It is really, (sighs) I mean, the... When all the stuff started going down, you know, I looked at Max and I was like, this is going to be because of how our political views are different, right? He's a little more conservative Mm -hmm. and how tense shit was after Trump got elected. I looked at him and was like, that's what this is going to be. I can tell you right now. So you better shut the fuck up. You can't say it. You're shook. I, like, I was like, don't. And because he like read stuff and he'll just like throw his brow and I'll just lean over and just be like. Don't, don't say Don't anything. you dare. Don't. Shut up. Shut yeah. up. My son yeah. has been call- I have to actually stop because my son started to tell my husband to shut up. Really? Abaji, <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut up. <laughs> Here. Please well, sometimes I, I think the best thing a white man can do, whether you're gay, straight, trans, whatever, is shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and open your goddamn ears. And that's for everyone. Yeah. That's for racist, non-racist, allies, whatever. Just shut up. No one needs your voice right now. They barely need our voices. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Which, you, we're just too loud. Like we've been asked us to step away from the mics, but we're yeah. loud enough to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> we're commenting to each other. We're not even trying to address yeah. the crowd. No. no, there's no crowd. We're just talking to each other. Speaking of crowd, though, I will say I am very, very um, surprised by how many people showed up to the Ajima Show Oh my show gosh, live. you guys. This was uh, such, such, so much thanks. So much thanks, so much gratitude. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm I'm a selfish, really ungrateful person. And you forced me to have gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> you did that. Something her own parents couldn't do. You did that for us. No, all jokes aside, though, I, I, I was thinking about it earlier today and I almost cried. The fact that in the middle of a political uprest, that that many people showed up to... Yeah. To to cheer, mm-hmm. to clap, to laugh, to to really support us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. Yeah. I I felt my there was like I didn't realize I had a soul left, but <laughs> at the end of that show, there was a little part of me that started shining again. I mean both you For and I, I was like high. You were high. I was high. Yeah, me too. I was like, like buzzing. Yeah. Like I couldn't stop smiling. And, you know, as comedians, we have been talking about we miss live comedy. And uh, first of all, shout out to Virtually Perfect and Rada. Yes. Thank you so much. If you need professional Zoom hosting, seek out Virtually Perfect hosting. They, uh, it was just seamless. Perfect. Beautiful. Perfect. Perfect. Virtually perfect. perfect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so just want to say thank you and um we appreciate we you we really do appreciate you thank you so much it was like it was really like i we both got up it was like it was, it was as close to a live fucking show yeah like it from all- like from all the like so i mean like the thing is it was the moments that were unplanned mm. you know <laughs> what i mean the, like it was just all of that was like all of the yeah. sort of like potential for total chaos that's what's uh-huh. exciting about live comedy <laughs> yes the spontaneity yes the feeling of what could happen anything could happen and, and even it did. A, and it did and it you, did and handle it that's the whole thing it's like that's the magic trick of yes. the live comedy is that like you're watching somebody mm-hmm. handle every single sort of thing that can go wrong Yes, you're watching someone conduct a room of yes. humans and like as they making, were instruments. Making problems disappear, making things boom, appear boom, boom, boom. when there was nothing. You know, like this yes. motherfucker with a weird hat. <gasps> so all of a sudden, yeah. there's like 10 minutes about this guy's fucking hat. There, there was yeah. nothing before. It was just yeah. the guy's hat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's... Yeah. <laughs> it's magic. It's magic. Yeah, but yeah, it was magic. like I was I got I got pre- I got pretty drunk the, um, right afterwards. I was like, I did you? Yeah, I needed to feel Hell like yeah. I needed to like right out this high. I was like, ah! <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, I, I, I forced um, my friends to like I forced Jack and uh, Slack to like hang out with me for like three hours. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Thanks, Jack and uh, Slack for watching. Thank you to all our Patreons for yes. watching, for coming on, logging on, playing our games with us. Also, shout out to Rick Song for that cool ass apartment with those lightsaber lights. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, Christy uh, and Nayong, 
And okay, we need to get the third. We I need to go back and see who won the quiz at the end. And let us know. Just reach out to us, or I'll look back. But if you hear this, just reach out to us, or reach out to me. DM me or DM Dodge my show podcast because we want to send you a tote for winning that. It's a it was a three way tie. It was so great. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Thank you. Appreciate that. So, how how has the has there been any like looting or like protest by you? Uh, there was a there was a protest by me yesterday. It was mostly peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, we drove by and some stores were being boarded up. Sure. Uh, and saying like, "Hey, this is an Im- immigrant slash minority yeah. business. Yes. Please don't loot." Yes. Um, but uh, a a store a place did get looted, sure. and which I was in favor of, which was In and Out Burger. <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah. Window smashed. Yeah. Trump supporters. Yes. Fuck you, In and Out Burger. Yeah. Guess what? Your burger's not even that good. You ain't Shake Shack, bitch. Shake Shack is you so much better. I'm willing to so pay the two dollars. One hundred times better. One hundred times. Yes. I'm willing to yes, pay. Yes, absolutely. And your fries are good. Uh, uh, fucking In and Out. Mm-mm. You're garbage. garbage. All right. You're all hype. Mm-hmm. You're shit. You say it's not frozen. Guess what? I had one in Hollywood. The bun was frozen, bitch. Okay. Scandal. So fuck you and your John three sixteen. Yeah. And your little fucking propaganda. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck you. Get canceled. So that's been going on. (laughs) Um, um, You know, it's been mostly good on my side of the hill. Chill. But sirens everywhere. Gunshots nonstop. Right. um, Explosion. Like people are doing fireworks. All dulcet tones of revolution. And for me, I love it. (laughs) It's the soundtrack of our youth. I love it. <laughs> what about you? How's it going in Chicago, in your area? Um, same. Like, there has been a couple, like, consecutive days of protests. Um, I think the the looting is, there's a lot more corporate stores around me, so there's, like, yeah. more of that. Um, people are looting, which is fine. Um, I, and l- yeah. l- let's just delineate that there, the looting from rioting and protesting if you yourself feel like oh why do they have to loot ask yourself what's more important that the fucking uh apple store is being looted or a man is being literally killed on tv where's your priority (laughs) all right yeah i mean also looting is like a function of what That's how we took protests. this country from yeah. the Native Americans. Yeah. We fucking looted them. <laughs> I, mean, right? and, I mean, and if you were to, I mean, no one's been saying that this is like a a race riot. And I was like on the Wikipedia page that's already been kind of coming up with. Uh, but I mean, like you can sort of this is a, a, a riot about race. I don't know. If Absolutely. You can, yeah. So, you know, like the looting and stuff like that. I mean, some of the stuff is super highly coordinated. So these are like, I mean, mm. I don't say looting i might even call them raids on uh-huh. corporate <laughs> institutions Greed. you know because yeah. there was like a coordinated effort on all of the targets basically at like various places on the north side like they would they had the same u-haul <laughs> like it seemed like a plan, you know <laughs> like they are going yeah. in pulling and getting out and getting supplies like yeah. you know and the people that go in after them yeah this is like you know this is capitalism people it's free shit it's like it's like um it'd be like a q-tip 
buffet. I'm going to take all the Q-tips you have. I, it's the reason why I have so many fucking samples. I, I you know, I'm everyone loots. Like everyone is, is uh, something is fucking yeah. free. You're going to pull. It's the reason why I've never bought ketchup in my life. You know what? The, you know. Hello. So not one. Yeah. <laughs> Not one bottom ketchup Never. have I bought. All right, because I'm still squeezing out McDonald's ketchup from 1986. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looting the condiment sand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We all fucking loot. All right. But I mean, but Peter, what you're saying about the constant sirens, the gunfire. There have been several like, um, there were like a couple of reports of like, uh, like people with weapons up on things, like doing crazy shit. I mean, like you know the yeah. same things. Like all these outliers, this crazy people um teens but it's also like summertime like it's kind of like regular levels of crime and and guess what these fucking these young kids yeah that we've cut off their future we humanity have said okay fuck you and any sense of normalcy you we're not leaving you social security we're not leaving you a planet to live on there's gonna be no jobs for you no savings fuck your um schooling right no commencement uh, COVID. Yeah, yeah yeah no graduation it's been a pandemic um all of us what saw- do you expect a fucking 17 year old to do to sit there and play mario kart Fuck you, all right? They're going to loot. I wish I was 17 so I had the fucking body to go out there and fucking be out here. Instead, I'm pushing 40 and I got bad knees, so I'm (laughs) donating money and circulating fucking like Korean shit. You know what I mean? So, Because I was thinking about what can I do? And, uh, you know... Eric and I was talking, we we're talking about this and some of our friends, like back in 2016, you and I went through this. Remember right after Trump won, we started this fucking podcast because we were so angry. Yeah. We were so angry about what the world that our parents have immigrated to had become. The the pull, the pull like pulling of the rug under us exactly. of this American dream and this semblance of quote equality that that Obama promised us. And a black president signaled and it was all bullshit and we were angry and we started this podcast and four years later, here we are. We're still doing it. But I, I, I was thinking about like, and there is there are um, protests in the street as they were four years ago. I mean, yeah. also protest itself has become much more mainstream. You yes. know, like we're starting to cycle into this sort of thing where people organize and engage. Um, we, you know, we ought to be. And the thing is, like, we're getting closer and closer to the exact objectives that we want, like articulating it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. What we don't have is a single point of leadership. Right. We have scattered people and interests. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not be blind to a lot of this, like, kind of anarchists coming in and fucking things up. A lot of white men white militia men coming in and yeah. fucking trying to divert the attention. We must stay focused to what this is about. This is about race. This is about treating humans of color, especially black people with the dignity that you treat your white people. And that's, that's a number one. And the fact that like during APA heritage month, this kind of like flipped back on Asians for a tiny bit. Do you remember Asians, how scared you were that like Korean people were getting slapped and Chinese people were getting stabbed in yeah. New York because they were, we were reporting about this. Yeah. Think about that. But for hundreds of years for black people. All right. That, that concentrated rage we had for what a month, the month of may <laughs> multiply that by infinity. 
so that's why this is all happening and uh, i was saying how like i don't have the body or the youth to protest anymore i no. just don't but we have a platform all right, right. we have reach exactly. our podcast went from Jack and Slack listening to our two friends Katie listening Kershaw. to the podcast. Katie, Katie Kershaw, our our like truly our girlfriends, our white girlfriends. our white women girlfriends just- listening to the podcast. Because, you know, they are smart and they are empathetic. So they want to listen to our voices and amplify it. As we should be amplifying black voices as well. So that's kind of what we're gonna do with the show today. And um, it's going to be a little different than most most episodes, but uh, you know we think it's ex- it's important to be concentrating on that, especially with what's going on. Yeah. And I was talking to my mom, trying to explain Black Lives Matter to my mom. Really? And my mom, yeah, because my mom, she's my mom is my mom. Yeah. Right. Your mom is your mom. Every Korean mom is pretty much same or like immigrant moms exactly the same you know they mostly just want our lives to be pain-free right so they came here to give us a better quote better life a better opportunity than the homeland could could provide right now my mom uh i called my mom i was like are you first of all are you okay and she said yes and i was like okay um how are you feeling about you know like this black protest, blah, blah. And I, I was bracing for her to be like, you know, like, you know, because that's kind of the mentality, especially between Koreans and blacks. It's been an historically fraught relationship between blacks and Koreans. Yes. And what my mom said, she said, yeah. And I said, you know what? Hell yeah, ma'am. Hell yes. <laughs> she's because she's, I always imagined she was conservative enough to be like Blue Lives Matter, you know? Why are they looting? Right. Why are they breaking the law? I understand if they're angry, but why don't they take it up with due process? But I think my mom, 62 now, immigrant from Korea, she's finally saying, fuck the police. I also think that the Korean news media itself is reporting it accurately like somewhat liberally yes. and also the footage itself of this of specifically the incident is so damning it's uh, you cannot slice it a different no. way you know there's no part of it that's like oh he seems to be doing this or oh, why did he resist he, why did he resist he was armed or something like this i mean even if he wasn't armed you know like all these things but it is, this is such a clear crystal clear instance of crystal clear of um of of, of murder yeah <laughs> um, it's it's a public lynching on tv he had his hands in his pocket like he was kneeling on his neck with his hands in his pocket smirking meanwhile the other three officers are still not arrested so still a fucking problem there's so much we can do but anyway uh, one of the main things i feel i can do is talk to my mom and talk to our elders because they need to be talking to their friends in a coherent way and sometimes especially our immigrant parents do not know how to talk because they're afraid and they're afraid to raise their hand because they're afraid of deportation of ice of their freedoms being stripped away i understand that but i think you're right with this image being so crystal clear Mm -hmm. that there's no room to debate it yes 
I think now everyone is on the same page. And also the politics in Korea and the cultural the culture there is starting to push multiculturalism. They yes. themselves are starting to become a little more liberal. And so I think so many of our Korean parents, especially if they're not fluently um, English speaking, like so much of their reference points culturally are Korean. Like they understand things. They, I think my parents understand America more through Korean TV. Like they understand America as Koreans understand America. Right. They don't through like the Korea Times. Yes. Yes. Like that way. Like they go. It goes back. It's a mirror that goes out and then goes back to them. Right. I mean that filter. So the fact that Korea is becoming more progressive is like it's a slow way of eroding. This sort of, and also Korean people are crazy enough, they do adapt to shit. Like Korean, yeah. old Korean people, like, use um, computers and cell, cell phone. Like, everyone yeah. is on Kakatao. Like, it's not like old oh, yeah, white people. Oh, yeah, they're on it. Old white people don't use, they still use, like, flip phones and shit. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I was really surprised by what my mom said because growing up she was always telling me like be quiet Mm. don't cause a mess don't let the white people you know don't anger them right you know and now she's like i think maybe it's her age too she's like fuck it all you know what i mean yes and i will say that i think for a lot of poor korean people they see coming from where they were they see um like African-Americans in their community and Korean-Americans um, sharing the same pie. Like we're fighting mm. over the same piece of pie as yeah. opposed to looking at the huge fucking full pie that the white person yeah. has next to them, right? Like exactly. in Korean people, it's like we have to meet, we and the black people have to like share this tiny piece of pie, but they right. don't, and they're never gonna ask the person next to them with a hoagie and a pie. <laughs> right yeah. yeah and a whole fucking birthday cake and, and, and some in and out burger shit you know what i mean like you're not gonna <laughs> yeah. ask for a, a bite from them but exactly. i think now that living here for a while they understand a little more like all this shit like my parents you know have been robbed a lot um they actually you know they've had stores all over the city but they've been robbed a yeah. lot they my uncle like uh was uh one of the businesses that was um destroyed in the la riots like and my uncle was very circumspect about it. Like he, I don't think he was angry. He was also very like crazy Christian. So like maybe this is like the level of like forgiveness. Um, it's the Jesus effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I think now my parents are like way less like that. I mean, and also my parents have never been. Strangely enough, they're like I think. Like they are, my parents are for sure like not not racist, you know. But they also have had black friends, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. this—it's this idea of the the thing that you're talking about, the institutional aspect of it that has always right. eluded them. Because like my parents are kind right. people; they're never going to be a dick to someone because they're black, right? Right? Like right. they have black employees, they like all this stuff and friends. But the institutional part—but they would it. never want to like break bread or like in, invite one to your family. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's that's what we're trying to break down. Yes. Is that like being not mean to a black person is basement level humanity okay 
we cannot say like, well, at least they're doing that. No, <laughs> we have to make everyone accountable. It's too late. 2016, we were shouting about this. Make your family accountable. And now it's... Guess what? It's too late. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like shit's blown up. Yeah. So whether you want to be accountable or not, the world's changing. Huh? And, they're All right? only, and you're being held accountable. Like you, Actually, you're being dragged to court. That's it. That's exactly <laughs> you're it. You're being dragged to court. I mean, so like I will like what you're describing is so accurate. But like, let me say this, like. Listening to the the dulcet sounds of the revolution, as you described, <laughs> um, has been creating a lot of anxiety. Like, I have had very, very little sleep. Like, just the constant sirens, the helicopters flying overhead not that far, um, the constant gun sh- uh, the gunfire, um, the gunfire, window smashing, uh, you know, like, all those sounds are create anxiety like that those spike levels of cortisol in your body because it needs you to stay alert because like shit Mm -hmm. might go down yeah you know and like that's stress like that's a level like i mean even if you're being like if you're fucking like into it and supportive it is fraying on all of us right there's like Mm -hmm. nerves that are being and stress that is being created by it um it's the reason why people that live in high crime areas have like elevated levels of it because right. they endure what kind of all of us are enduring all the time. You right. know, like that sound that like and from a young age, it's like really supposed to be like, um, yeah, I, I just I, I, I all, all I could think is like this would be like because thinking about our parents, my parents, like your parents, like people that live in high crime areas, like people that live in in war like i was just like you you can't leave this like in this constant state of high alert your body being like this not being able to sleep anxiety for like more than a week without it getting permanent damage yeah like the trauma brain neural pathway shit yeah and like you said we do adapt very easily but we are forever changed yes and you know we get to live in these like quote nicer neighborhoods and that's our privilege yeah and that's we have the privilege of not being aleppo you know what i mean so like (laughs) and our country's kind of we're gearing towards that thankfully the secretary of defense was like uh trump doesn't have the authority to send in the military so we're not doing that um because trump's being trump and being a coward and hiding in his fucking little bunker like a little bitch Little fucking baby bitch. <laughs> I mean, let me All just right? say, like, that truly, the Insurrection Act stuff really got to me. Of like, course, I mean, like, because yeah. that's the end of our democracy. I just, I, yes. And, like, just, yeah. It was just a clear instance of our president not being, um, not loving America, not being a patriot. Like, he just does not care fundamentally. No. No. And we have to stop assuming he's going to get better or hoping. Yes. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not he's not going to change. He's told us exactly who he is from day one. Yes. So he has to be removed. 
So go register to vote. That's the biggest thing we can do now is register to vote. My friend was actually telling me like, why don't we start a campaign where like, it's like hashtag I registered so that we share like, you know how like people are sharing their receipts of like where they donated? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, something like that with registering to vote where like, why don't us small people, celebrities, whoever has a platform, start start that so that because that's we don't have that many tools no. we don't have guns we don't have the military all right we don't have institutionalized greed like we, we don't barely have, have any our wits yes we have a wi-fi <laughs> and uh, of some mics that's all we have yeah so go out there and register to vote i'm gonna force my mom to register to vote um and we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back We're back. Um, so today I want to talk about, um, you know, the how history is kind of reverberating and cycling back to what it was back in the 90s, early 90s. Of course, I'm talking about the um, L.A. riots in K-Town and South Central. Living in L.A. now and when I when the L.A. riots were happening, I was living in um, New York, so it felt so far away. But being here now it feels especially so close and um depressing to see how not much has changed nothing's changed and nothing's changed it's like especially like the, the way the police you didn't have to file you, it's crazy to me that the lapd didn't have to like go through a seminar they didn't add like an actual chapter to the fucking book nothing changed because of the riots like you couldn't make that manual add a chapter no how to de-escalate? No? Nothing. No, actually, they are not they're they're doing the opposite of de-escalating. They are creating violence. My friends were down at my friend Nathan got shot in the arm point blank by a rubber bullet. Oh my while god. He had his Nathan? he had his Nathan had his hands up saying, "Please don't shoot. Please don't shoot." And this guy 4 feet away shot him point blank. Do you know how fucking scary that must be yes. to say I surrender and still get shot, albeit not a real bullet, yeah. but that doesn't matter. That's still fucking traumatizing. Also, but going by the, traveling at a velocity and at such a small distance, that... These aren't like paintball guns. These are real guns. Yeah, and secondly... Like those rubber bullets are huge. Huge. He his, he couldn't use it, fucking move his arm for a while. This is... Uh, and this is like... <laughs> these people were out here peacefully protesting and there was a police car squad car parked horizontally in the uh, in the road okay it's a fucking plant yeah. and then it was it was lit on fire by four or five white people that came out of nowhere they know exactly what they're doing they're taking a public peaceful protest and they're injecting violence into it so that the police could respond violently and the curfews, this is fucking bullshit. I just got another um, thing about like curfew tonight. You know, the curfews there 
just so that they have an excuse to stop protests. This is fucking disgusting. It's in our Bill of Rights. It's in our, it's our American right to protest and assemble. Yeah. So fuck you, police. And fuck you, LAPD, for guess what? We got to, everything was fine until we got to fucking Fairfax and Third, and we almost got to Beverly Hills, and you guys started becoming violent because we couldn't dare walk into Beverly Hills protesting. Oh, we can't fucking dare go out to the mansions or be near uh, uh, the housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> these these multimillionaires. Fuck you. And uh, this, the fact that like the LAPD... The chief Moore came out and said, "Like, oh, it, the uh, George Floyd's death is um, as much of an issue of the uh, officer or, or fault of the officer as it, is, as it is the looters and protesters. Go fuck yourself." All right. You know exactly that's not the case. This police officer was a hateful, disgusting human being who took a life. And how dare you conflate the fucking protest to this? All right. And the, uh, the reason why I want to go back to the L.A. riots is because there there used to be an L.A. Black Korean Alliance from 1986 to 1992. And it was disbanded mainly due to lack of money and commitment from any governmental agencies. And, of course, there was an increasing bitterness of Korean immigrants coming in right. and taking over storefronts in South Central. Right. And this is I like when it. crack is really hitting it. Inside of Absolutely. The and uh, what happens they basically the police uh, ex exit from the riots and right. only protect the hills, Beverly Hills, Brentwood. Yeah, and they basically the, fenced in the violence. Yeah, they were and just like they basically let these were two like two people just go at it, figure it out for the hash it out. Yeah, let them kill themselves let, off. Yeah, we don't care. Let them kill themselves. And that's been a lot of the strong imagery from the LA riots of like you know the Korean store owners with guns on roofs and stuff like that. It, this is after that decision. That's all this yeah. was. Yeah, and that's that. A lot of that was the. There was a lot of different things kindling that uh, that burst into the riots. And one of the main things was, if you guys don't know this, this is a really important piece of history that all Koreans and non-Koreans, but all Koreans must remember and must talk about. It's about Empire Liquor. This is a Korean liquor store, 1991. Sun Jaju, a Korean woman, an ajuma. Yeah, she was she was looking after the store and her husband was outside in the minivan sleeping. <laughs> he was taking a break. He was taking a nap. Oh, I'm sure okay? they were there for because I'm sure it's like a late. It's a liquor store. So it's open all the time. Yeah. Right. And um, so uh, a young girl, 15 year old girl by the name of Latasha Harlins uh, was shot to death by this Sun Jadu, mm -hmm. this Ajuma. What happened? This is exactly what happened. And this is from the court hearings, eyewitnesses, and from security cameras. Harlan's wa uh, was stealing a, a orange juice orange bottle. Juice, yeah. Okay. And she put it in her bag. And of course, the Ajima was like, let me see your bag. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Let me see your bag. Already, right? So it's like, okay, she doesn't want her stuff to be stolen. Completely justified. Sure. I get it. And she said, I'm not trying to steal. I'm going to pay for blah, blah. And then they got into a, they got into an argument. And then the Ajima grabbed the little girl by the sweater to snatch her backpack. She, the 15 year old in response to being grabbed, uh, smacked her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Struck her for twice across the face. And then, um, she, the Ajima fell down. So there was a scuffle and then the girl backed away 
And then Adajima threw a stool at her. Okay? And then the girl picked up the orange juice that she dropped. And then Adajima snatched the bottle from her. So it was a melee thing back mm-hmm. and forth. Okay? The little, the 15-year-old was trying to steal a bottle of orange juice. Okay? This Ajima took it to the next level because she tried to run out and Ajima took out a gun, a revolver, and shot her in the back and then in the head from three feet. This is the amount that the police shot my friend Nathan with the rubber gun three feet away. Okay? Directly in the back and in the head, killing her instantly. Now, why did this something like this happen? Did she deserve to get killed for orange juice? Absolutely not. This is exactly the type of implicit bias we have because this Ajma, what she was saying, and she was saying she was reacting in self-defense. And that was not the case at all. She was, her back was towards her. And there were eyewitnesses. So this Ajma lied. Why did she lie? I'm guessing and I'm probably right about this. She actually did feel threatened. The fact that she felt threatened by a 15-year-old girl stealing juice says so much about how we look at black people and the implicit bias behind the threat we feel from them culturally, from what we tell each other, how we speak about black lives. That's exactly the fucking reason why this girl is dead. And... um. Her her name and her story has been memorialized in so many different ways. Yeah, in a lot of Tupac songs, <laughs> a lot of rap songs. Um, it's like I'm gonna the, read you it's this. the kindling that Rodney King set on fire. Absolutely, this is the precursor to Rodney King. And in the song Thug's Mansion, I just want to read this because I thought it was so powerful. I'm gonna cry. It says little Latasha, show grown. Tell the lady in the liquor store that she's forgiven. So come home. Yeah. We, as Koreans, don't ever have to deal with this. If I, you know how many things I've stolen and I've gotten time. away with scot-free, yeah. all right? I was in my 30s and I stole from Whole Foods and all they the gave time. me a sla- slap, in the f- slap on the yeah. wrist. If I was black, I would have been prosecuted to the mega extent of the fucking law. Okay, That's my you privilege. Are ban- you are banned from Whole Foods, right? I am you banned, are from, banned from Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, so I do have it hard. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, Obviously, I'm kidding. Yeah. I never, I never, ever have to worry about getting killed for stealing. Black people have to be afraid of getting killed for walking at night, for jogging, for being in a car, for bird watching. This is the privilege that we experience, that we must tell each other as Koreans that we are privileged. All right? We talk about, oh, white people are so mean to us, fuck straight people, blah, 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 blah. We cannot say anything about anything unless we understand what privilege we have and how that translates to our black brothers and sisters. If they're not free, we're not fucking free. Any type of freedom we experience, we should be fucking feeling horrible about. All right. And I'm not talking, I'm not trying to like speak down to anyone or whatever. I'm just trying to light a fire under our asses as a Korean person. I should be telling other Koreans, we should be talking to each other. Don't be ta- asking black people to explain shit to you about why what, something's going on. Don't say like, oh, I wish it wasn't violent. Shut your fucking mouth and listen. And th- this story about 
um, Empire Liquor is so important today as it was back then. And no one, no one fucking talks about it. No one ever fucking talks about it. And it's time that we talk to each other. And we talk to each other about how we think and how we look at black lives. I mean, like it's, it's heavy. I mean, like, cause yeah. as like the conversation within other POC, non-black POC communities has to be this, you know, yeah. that like all there's this, um, inclination I feel sometimes, and especially with us very specifically to, get into like something uh called this like i think the it's called the suffer olympics it's always like trying to outdo each other in this w- regard um, yeah out of press yes out of press yeah and i think the acknowledgement of the 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 original sin of this country is always going to be slavery um like the the conquering and the eradication of indigenous peoples obviously but like i think like canada kind of claimed it you know what i mean like it's like you know and it's you know it's also like that is just not a part of it's unfortunately just not a part of the current climate in america right the original sin continues to be slavery and when you see the way that our institutions have warped around this original sin in order to make allowances for it yeah like you see all, and, and that's how it makes also makes room for our own our our own white adjacency yeah. you know and even like very specifically with empire liquors thing is like you know these are not equal minorities but they are both people that um experience different types right and it's like one is that one is certainly more but they're also of different colors like it's like you know empathy for all people means that you understand this yeah empathy anytime anytime you anytime i want to make fun of a white woman for being a karen yeah me not understanding my own Korean privilege mm-hmm. is is full Karen behavior. <laughs> I am Karen. <laughs> I, I am. This is gonna be the next uh, hashtag. I am Spartacus. I am a Karen. <laughs> I, I am Karen. I am, I am a Karen. Karen. I am a gay, and I am a Karen. I am a Karen. <laughs> Specifically inside of Korea, if you're a store kid, you know this exact type of behavior. You yeah. um, have experienced it. And like all of, I feel like you kind of figure out for yourself your own biases from growing up in that kind of fucking environment, you know? Um, yeah. Especially like kids that, you know, own beauty supplies or other dry cleaners yeah. on, in nail like, salons. Yeah, nail salons or owned dry cleaners in like, um, like in black neighborhoods, you know? Because. Yeah. It's just that's that's just the shit. And like and like we were saying at the top of the of the podcast, like being progressive means acknowledging that you were wrong like a year ago. 
Like, Absolutely. Like you are um, a person that empathizes enough that given the right amount of data and information that you can feel empathy for another person in a new way. Mm-hmm. Right. And that you see and understand policies that would help this person. That it's not just a, yeah. in the form of outrage, but it's something that has concrete uh, footing in policy. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, that's it's all of this is so fucked up. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I texted my black friends. Um, hey, I don't really know what to say, but I'm here for you. I'm around the corner. You need anything, you reach out. And some of them reach back out saying, thank you. I need some kimchi. Yeah. So- <laughs> Some of them said, um, thanks for checking in. I'm straight. <laughs> uh, and like, some I am of them, <laughs> I am a straight. No, no, like I'm good. And uh, some of them just gave me a little heart. Yeah. No response. And I remember like I went back and forth on that text because I didn't want to feel like that guy. I was like, hey, black friend, I'm here for you. Blah, 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 blah. You know, like, and I, I, I was going back and forth, yeah. back and forth. Do, Hello, I, do black I text? Friend. I'm glad that you didn't go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I had drafted Hello. that. It was Hello, in my draft. Black friend, I am your yeah. gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, African American neighbor. It's me, a gay. I would like to help. <laughs> but. Uh, and I, th- I guess what I'm trying to say is every black friend or every black person will respond to something like that differently. But I, I'm glad that I did reach out, even though like s- s- uh, some people might think of it as like, Ugh, oh, that's chip chip or like yes. gross. Like you did that. Yeah. Guess what? I'm okay with feeling chip chip. I'm okay with feeling gross. I'm okay looking like a Karen for a second. Mm -hmm. If that truly means that I am reaching out and saying this is a hard time for you or for all of us, but especially you. And if there's anything I can do to lighten your load, I'm here. And I'm glad I did it because, yeah, there was a part of me that felt like, ew, gross. But that's so... Yeah, couldn't give me... Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's so like, that's such a small thing to endure. The feeling of chip chip. Yeah, that's an onomatopoeia. That's like a word that onomatopoetically sounds like exactly (laughs) the thing, the meaning. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just wanted to share that because I was I was struggling with what was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and I think what I've come up with is I don't. There is no one can tell you what's right or wrong. Everyone, just be yeah. true to yourself and be okay with feeling gross and feeling yucky and feeling like you're not doing the right thing. That's okay. And we're, and we're all finding our own way. Like my friend in this um, thread that I have recently just said the best thing. So I also shared on my Instagram uh, the roles of various people inside of a revolution. 
And it's like some people are going to be connectors. Some people are going to be empaths. Some people are going to be the ones that reach out. Some people are going to be organizers. Some people are just going to be like uh, connect like connections on high levels, utilizing their power. And um, my friend said, there's no prescribed way to respond in these times. There isn't. There's nothing. So give yourself permission to do whatever you want to fucking do. So give yourself that permission. Like if you have to do this, if you have to do nothing. I mean, both you and I talked about just dialing back all of our ingestion of content. And I've done that for the last. So I like give myself a specific time when I'm going to take in like, you know, because what I was telling you, Peter, is that like if you're just constantly eating, you can't digest. Yeah. Right. Like you're you gotta sh- sometimes you just got to shit. Yes. <laughs> you can't keep eating. <laughs> like it's not good. For, like you're sogyapa. Right. Like yeah. Like it's not good for your digestion. And you're not going to be able yeah. to take in and actually think upon all of these process. things. Just con- yeah. You have to process this shit. And having done that. Actually, I did that days. yesterday. Yes. It, yeah, you did. I did good. it for the two days. And it's like. An immeasurable difference. Like I was able oh. to articulate things in my mind. I worked out my role in it. I like, yeah. I, I like figured out twenty percent, and I also I got to research the places I wanted to mm-hmm. donate to. Um, Absolutely, created a schedule. I mean, like for me, I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. Like this is how I respond to crisis. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's how I, I am too. Yes. So how that's how yeah. I like kind of worked it out and. I found that to be incredibly helpful because there are no answers, right? Like there, I don't, I haven't seen any sort of like. Stop finding, stop looking for the right thing to do. And that's the problem. Just act. Just act with your heart. What does your heart tell you? Uh, Another chip chip on creepy thing that I I struggled with earlier was what I talked about, the receipts of donations. Yeah. People are like, oh, post a receipt of your donation and then match me, blah, blah. And that's been... Okay, I'm just going to say it right now. When I first saw it, I was like, ew, gross. Right? I was like, ugh, you're, you're out here showing how much money you donated? Ew. That was my initial response. Yeah. And then I was like, well, that's making me want to donate. Okay, so then that worked. My friends doing that or the people I follow doing that worked. And I donated and I put my receipt up there. And I remember thinking like, should I just like donate and shut my mouth about it? Because I don't want people to think this way about me. These are the little fights that I have been fighting. So I put it up there because I don't care. I don't care if you think I'm a fraud or you think I'm uh, like, oh, throwing my money around, whatever, the little money that I have, whatever, right? If, If... at least one person could look at that and be like, you know what? I do have a little bit of money to donate to BLM. I'm going to do it. Do you think I should do it? Then that's, that's it for me. That's, that's okay for me. Yeah. You know, like I'm willing to feel bad for the better good. And I think that's the biggest lesson I'm learning this time around. Cause in 2016, it was all righteous anger. Yes. It was all about me and how I felt. Yes. And in 2020, I'm, I've grown as as a human being and i'm willing to feel ugly and look bad and, and feel gross you know what i mean like in order <laughs> i mean to i already, I already do because of quarantine i already do feel bad <laughs> i am fucking yeah. gross gross <laughs> yeah. but i mean you make a good point because like i that was my personal struggle with it. it's like you know i donated a bunch of places like i but i like just posted the things but i didn't like make a receipt of my actual like you know what i mean like i didn't yeah 
But I didn't even think about what you're describing, which is like that it was my own discomfort with it, which is what deterred me from doing it. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, I like, I guess moving forward, I'll figure it out, like how social media and this like activism, how I want to incorporate it into my own activism or my own like acts of service. But yeah, yeah like, I don't know. I mean, because after 2016, like, you know, I'm on a monthly with the fucking ACLU and PP, like, you know, like, right. I'm yeah. going deep into all of these causes. So, I mean, like, I just, I, for me personally, like moving forward because it's such a, it's like a moving target a little bit, like yeah. in terms of what uh, what we what are the objectives are ultimately going to wind up being the scope of this, because um, like it's now like the, some of the protests are international. Yeah, Berlin, all over the all over the world. Yeah, now. like in U- the UK, and, New Zealand. Um, uh-huh. There's like been shows of support in a lot of mostly places where there are no black people, um, which is I would imagine pretty easy to do. But like, uh, <laughs> like you know, it's been it's like for me like since I just I've been just for the last two years I've just been checking in, especially as the rioting has gotten more intense in some places. Like I know Minneapolis has gotten much worse. Um, Anything Atlanta, it's kind of getting worse. Um, in yeah. I don't know about LA, Peter. Is it getting worse? Because in Chicago, it's not necessarily getting worse. It's about like the same, and maybe <sighs> even going. It's down about a bit. the same, but the curfews are getting More earlier draconian. and earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you don't um, know if the there was a... is getting better because the crackdown is happening. Yeah, and there was a budget um, Zoom with the police commissioner's board yesterday that we couldn't get onto because there were too many people on. Right. And people are screaming about how 56% of the city's budget is going to police. Wow. And they were like, Re- reject the budget, reject the budget. And literally everyone on the call was like, reject the budget. And it passed. So, you know, <laughs> we're seeing corruption being unfolded right in front of our eyes. How could we not riot? Yeah. How could you stay quiet? So, um, I mean, it's the only way that like disfranchised, like powerless people, like yeah. express their God given state sanctioned right to peaceably protest. Like, I mean, yeah. this is also the most thoroughly fucking American thing about. I mean, it used to be before there was a fence in front of the White House, you could just go up to the White House and complain. You could ask for them to talk to the manager. You just go up to the White House and talk to America's manager. Like, that's what Civil War yeah. veterans did. That's what, like, the widows fucking did because, you know, there's like a generation of men that just died. And, there's and, and yeah. you know, this is before women could do shit, you know, aside from, like, yeah. tend to children. So, and, and, you know, their notions and shit. So, like this is all, this is so fundamentally American. The right. the idea to me that has been characterized as unlawful, like um, unpatriotic behavior, is to me yeah. um, a failing of our public school system. <laughs> right? It's only American for white people who can't get haircuts. You know, right. that's just that they they we're, it's a double standard for what America is for whites versus all non-whites. And like I mean, and you, know, I'm like, and we're both Asian. Our hair goes super fucking fast. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look at this. Look at this. Got a fucking mop yeah. on my head. I'm so hot. I'm so, I've been considering like beginning, becoming like one of those prairie women that has just like that braid. <laughs> like I was just like I don't know. Like looking at videos how to do this shit. I'm just like, what am I even yeah. fucking doing? Uh, yeah, I might just have to have like just get a extreme undercut like my lesbian <laughs> friends. 
Okay. So, um, just to like bring it back a little bit, I have you heard about this Whiteout Wednesday thing? Yes. Okay. So just to bring us to K, like something to um, K-pop centric, but also still about what's going on in the world. K, for those of you who don't know, K-pop stands on Twitter have been deluging and jamming all white supremacist yeah. channels. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, K-pop! <laughs> like, they've been doing it since fucking yesterday. So, it's like, they're just like K-pop fan cams and photos that are, like, supposed to drown out racist pro-cop tweets. So, yes. like... Um, they like these like this these uh, two Twitter handles it girl and a uh, one t girl and stay underscore zz are seem to have organized the effort and like so basically forty eight hours ago forty eight hours ago K pop people flooded K pop stands I think that's a technical term um, yeah 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 flooded police department apps and portals mm-hmm. um, that were meant to submit like photos of protesters they just um jammed them with more fan cams so like they were just (laughs) so they like they had i think the houston dallas houston had to like shut down their portal uh no dallas dallas had to shut down their portal because they were just like getting jammed with all of them i mean can we just talk about like the world we're living in when a virtual army of k-pop stands uh-huh. Are jamming police and na- white nationalist like servers? servers. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's like fucking Asimov shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, like, like yes. it's like it's like that's like Minority Report, like like small, mm-hmm. like virtual, like, and they're all like avatars of like some like Asian bi- uh, anime lady going like, oh, and they're all like doing yeah, some yeah. like crazy shit. That's like that's like Matrix. That's like hackers. That's like just uh-huh. crazy. Like, sci-fi shit v and, for vendetta yes, yeah like, exactly it's like it, i'm so proud of those so k-pop stands i like i was cavelling i was cavelling <laughs> and i was just like i couldn't yeah. i mean because the thing is it's so astute right and yeah. it's what we were talking about before it's what you can fucking do it's whatever Absolutely. you can fucking do whatever that's your platform yes whatever resources yeah. you got let's go use it let's go let's go you know there's yeah. no hand that will be swatted away if we're all helping to lift up you know like it exactly. doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you do yeah. so people are, have more muscles i, I have That's no it. core strength zero you're like a slug <laughs> <laughs> not even stale you can't carry your own home I on your back <laughs> <laughs> just weak to salt <laughs> Okay. But yeah, I, I love that. I love our K-pop stands. You know, people make fun that they're uh, rabid and crazy, and they are. They they have they are. But <laughs> hey, that's your strength, and you are using your strength for good. This is like anonymous adjacent. Yes, which is so beautiful. Yeah. We can't even get into the Jeffrey Epstein stuff no. because that's been like, I I can't wait till we're able to sit down and because there's so much that came out with that. And I'm about to watch this Netflix a docuseries on Epstein. It's going to be... I, you want to watch it together? I just, should we watch it together? Yeah, because I'm, I like I truly almost started I have last a night. morbid curiosity. I almost started last night, but I was like, there's too much gunfire. Like, I can't... Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's exactly it. I was like, you know what? I need a week to just breathe yeah. and then get dive into yeah. this. Yeah, I'm going to so, watch this thing about this porno gate, gate porno store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and tab hunter. Was, like this is like, I, tab hunter. I, I, think I need like older gay men to be like 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 just like telling me what it is and how what a great time they had with all the quaaludes they were having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to like actually I did kind of the same thing. I guess it, because it was pride. Yeah. I took a day off and I went to the park and I just read Alexander Chi's memoir. Oh. And so much of that book is about he's a you know, gay rights activist and he lived through the AIDS crisis. He saw all his friends die in the front lines. He was getting his head bashed in by SF police. Very similar to what's going on now. And his writing is so um, beautiful and he talks about all the fight that they did and how it's not for naught like every move every move every fight every voice moves a needle ahead and that's that's kind of resounding to what we're doing now here on yes. this podcast and also our k-pop stands out there flooding the servers <laughs> you know I, you. you know what i think is like whenever people are like every movement you know two steps forward one step back but to me like every when every time you move back the two steps the next subsequent two steps forward means that you bring along more people yeah and it's easier yeah yeah boom um all right okay are you you want to take a quick break yeah and we'll be right back We are oh. back for kick-ass Koreans, y'all. <laughs> Key! Yeah. Okay. We're both gonna um, try to... Instead of doing our kick-ass Korean, uh, yeah. we are both going to be amplifying a uh, black voice that you think should needs to be amplified. Um, mm. I am pretty geeked out about this choice. Um, Octavia Butler because okay. if you guys are if you guys are sci-fi freaks and peter you kind of are <laughs> you know i am yeah i am <laughs> i am i love sci-fi she is truly the like the living end um if you are familiar with her she is a also a queer um i also wasn't sure about this like the, you know how out.com loves to out people <laughs> Uh, like all the time but she's it doesn't say anywhere in official like language that she was gay but out has her as out um but she was basically a young girl very very shy who um like had an awakening in like seventh fucking grade and about like the historical oppression of black people and what that has meant in modern day black life and she basically imagined a world where that didn't happen. And she's like mm. one of the foremost and like original um, creators of the genre Afrofuturism. If you're familiar with cool. it. Whoa. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Afropunk, Afrofuturism. Yes. Um, and she and she's like and you know, inside of sci fi, so many of the writers are male. And so she's one of the few women that are writing and putting out um, titles. She 
also was incredibly tall. I just have to put that in because you know I am a tall woman stan. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> so she was fucking six feet tall. Her father. You also think that tall women can't be cute either. So there is a little bit of a you're uh, there. It's a love hate oh, relationship. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all nuanced, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. It, there's an essay uh, called A World Without Racism um, mm-hmm. that she wrote that's incredibly beautiful. And I want to just read here um, why she wanted she why she created um, in her sci fi worlds this like very specific like Afrocentric worlds. OK, um, this is quote. The point was to create in fiction, at least a tolerant peaceful civilization a world in which people were inclined either to accept one another's differences or at least to behave as though they would have accepted them since any act of resentment they commit would be punished immediately personally Mm. inevitably Mm. eventually though i chose not to write about such an empathic society i wrote instead about a single empathic woman who suffered from the delusion that she shared other people's pleasure and pain and she wasn't a particularly peaceful woman but she did have to consider the consequences of her behavior more than other undiluted people had to. Mm. After all, delusional pain hurts just as much as pain from actual trauma. So what if it's wow. all in your head? And the mm. one of her main, it's like it's really cool. Um, her the world that she's created, and but one of the main things that outside of the same essay that she wrote about a, a world without racism. Her view of humanity was very specifically that there was a, an innate tendency towards hierarchical thinking, right? Which left unchecked leads to like intolerance and violence because that means implicitly if you're a hierarchy that someone is higher than you. Yeah. And so in her fiction, she explored the exploitation of minorities as a, a, an extension of that. And so created like alternative communities and like basically like worlds where people had like bionic, you know, like she was just like, Playing with this is what the world gave me. What if yeah. it looks slightly different? Like the most fundamental thing, right? And that Amazing. to me is like such a a natural response to deep injustice. Yeah, like as a creator. Yeah, uh, uh, what a beautiful way to do it too. Right, she's uh, really fucking uh, yeah. cool. Like, I if you've never read any of her uh, sci-fi, it's like her pre- her prose is like too good for sci-fi. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like I remember when, one of the first times I was like, "Oh, this is not what I wanted. This is like too good." <laughs> uh, I wanted like twenty. You know, you want like big blocks of like exogenesis, blah blah blah. Like you just like yeah, <laughs> Deus ex machina. Yeah, like you know, yeah. just like like various like technical terms so you can skim over it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I wanted to highlight. Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, look up Octavia Butler uh, and support her writings and her art. Um, my kick-ass Korean slash black voice amplification today is none other than Dr. Cornell West. He's Ooh. a philosopher. He's been a polit- political activist. And a man who loves to work a scarf. Forever. Yeah. Work a scarf and, and a beautiful beard. Yes. Um, he describes himself as a non-Marxist socialist. Yes. Um, partly because he feels that uh, Marx, uh, Marxism and Christianity uh, are, uh, as 
uh, uh, they, he does not see them as reconcilable. So, uh, and he also serves as the honorary chair of the Democratic Socialists of America, the DSA. Oh, yeah. Uh, a huge fan of Bernie. Yeah. Um, and the reason why he says, quote, the first multiracial socialist organization close enough to my politics that I could join. So um, I'm going to take a second and play a video clip. If you're listening to this on a podcast, you will hear an audio clip of Dr. Cornell West talking to um, Anderson Cooper, uh, uh, who I have my reservations with, but whatever, uh, on CNN. And he says something so tragically beautiful about what we're going on what's going on right now so um let's play the clip and so when you get this perfect storm of all of these multiple failures at these different levels of the american empire and martin king already told us about that when i saw those pictures there in atlanta um, you could see Martin right there in Atlanta saying, I told you about militarism. I told you about poverty. I told you about materialism. I told you about racism in all of its forms, whatever forms it takes. I told you about xenophobia. And what we've seen in America is now these chickens coming home to roost. You're reaping what you sow. And in this instant, you, you have Brother George where it is so clear it is a lynching at the highest level, nobody can deny it. And I thank God that we have people in the streets. Can you imagine this kind of lynching taking place and people are indifferent, people don't care, people mm. are callous? You have just a few people out there with signs. I recall the moments in which during the Reagan years, there was a few of us out there. In the 60s, you had masses out there. Now you've got a younger mm. generation of all of these different colors and genders and sexual orientations saying, we won't take it any longer. But you know what's sad about it though, brother? At the deepest level? It looks as if the system cannot reform itself. We've tried black faces in high places. Too often our black politicians, professional class, middle class become too accommodated to the capitalist economy, to accommodate it to the militarized nation state, to accommodate it to the market-driven culture tied with celebrity status, power, fame, all of that superficial stuff that means so much to so many fellow citizens. And what happens? What happens is we got a neo-fascist gangster in the White House who really doesn't care for the most part. You got a neoliberal wing of the Democratic Party that is now in the driver's seat with the, with the collapse of Brother Bernie. And they don't really know what to do because all they want is show more black faces, show more black faces. But oftentimes these black faces are losing legitimacy too because the Black Lives Matter mm. movement emerged under a black president, black attorney general, and black homeland security, and they couldn't deliver, you see? So that when you talk mm. about the masses of black people, the precious poor and working class black people, poor and working class brown, red, yellow, whatever color, they're the ones who are left out and they feel so thoroughly powerless, helpless, hopeless, then you get rebellion. And we've reached the point now, it's a choice between nonviolent revolution, and by revolution what I mean is the democratic sharing of power, resources, wealth, and respect. If we don't get that kind of sharing, you're gonna get more violent explosions. Now the sad thing is in this neo-fascist moment in the White House, you got some neo-fascist brothers and sisters out there who are already armed. They show up there at the U.S. Capitol and they don't get arrested. Okay, uh, that was a clip. 
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please oh, look. Oh, okay. You at, weren't going to actually play oh. it? I was like ready to like listen to No, it's going to be done in, in post. post. Oh, bitch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could play it for you. Because it's on my computer, oh, okay. but anyway, the people they have, they they've listened. They, it's just like staring they've heard like, it. I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just Google it. Uh, he's everywhere right now. He just did a thing for Democracy Now. He was very eloquent in the way he talked about um, the revolution that's happening now and why it's happening and why it's all of our issues and not just a black issue. Yes, and um, that's really what we're trying to say with this podcast episode today. So he's a really Thank you so much. Guy. He's a really extraordinary he guy. Because he also manages to always stay angry. Like he stays <laughs> invested. He stays at a high level of alert. But also yeah. is is like a, he's like he's full of mirth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I he, he's like he's the like leftist leader that I want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I uh, uh, unfortunately I don't think he wants to be that leader. Yeah, he is no. a th- he's a thought leader. Yeah. Um, and which is why people go to him for excerpts and stuff like that. Um, but share it with your friends, share it your, with your parents. Also, uh, Ajma show accounts will be sharing this thing about black lives, uh, and why uh, it's, it's called the letter to black lives. And it is a, a letter that's translated into Korean. So you can share with your parents, with your uncles, with your haimani, with your harabaji, your non-English speaking friends that, that are like Korean. The, the ajashi that your family knows, that like always goes golfing together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your pastor, yeah. whoever. And, and and I know Koreans are hurting right now, especially Korean business owners. Yes. But this is a good thing to share with them because it's it, it, it gives perspective on their yeah, pain. Juge. That's yeah, what you're trying exactly. to do. Like, yeah, more, like, don't you know yeah that's right all right thank you that's our episode um we have no plugs no and um thank you for listening we love you we love you stay safe out there yeah bye listen to each other bye (laughs) 